Hey, Jenna. Yes, honey? Who's a bee's favorite composer? I have no idea. Beethoven. <laughs> okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 192, and I'm your host, Stephen Dutzman. As always, this is the official video game and board game podcast for EngageFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-host come together to make sure everyone has the information they need to get their family game on. This week, I am joined by the well-traveled but not well-rested Princess of Power, Amanda Farrow of SuperParent.com and GameDaily.biz and probably like four other websites I don't know about you. <laughs> How are you? I'm so tired. I'm yeah. so tired. You're very, very tired. You had a very busy weekend. You had a very busy weekend last weekend. And where are you going yes. to this weekend? You're going to like... I'm going to play crafting this weekend. At least that one's nearby. That one's in New York. You don't have to, yep. go, you don't have to get on a plane. No. No, so, and to be fair, I didn't have to get on any planes the weekend before either. But I was traveling like Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I mean, so. okay. I think consecutive train trips three days in a row may as well be a flight. Playcrafting, however, um, be worth it. is one day. I'm super jelly that I am not going, but I'm not going Next because year. I'm going to a LARP. Next year, I'm going to come to your place, and we're going to commute yeah. together. That's how we're going to yeah. do playcrafting. That's going to be year. dope. Um, yeah, absolutely. And maybe we'll even do a live show from the floor because we can do that. I um, think it's a brilliant idea. I'm so into it. So, um, folks who are listening you know last week we flip-flopped right normally we alternate video games board games last week we flipped up flip-flopped because we want to talk about the Fortnite world cup because amanda was there and this mm-hmm. week we're going to talk about gen con 2019 because amanda was there and guess what <laughs> next week we're going to talk about playcrafting because amanda was there um she's pretty much writing the schedule for us for a while um thank you Fine. for the topics so i'm here for you gen con yes you are um so gen con is the e3 of board games safe, oh it sure as heck is safe to just say that it is a heckin huge conference holy moly bigger than e3 size wise yes yes um, it is huge I mean, in terms of the expo hall, it's about the same, but... But then they overflow into Lucas Oil Stadium. So yeah, like, into what Lucas else? Oil Stadium just to, like, go play board games over there and do more demos. Yeah. It's completely bonkers. I got some really cool pictures of Lucas Oil, because I'm um, like, oh my god, they play sports ball those. here. Yeah. I haven't posted them yet. I know. I, uh, I, I would like the exclusive before you post them. Perfect. I'll give them um, to you. So, you can put them on your on your Insta. Oh, I I want to see them before you post them. I mean, I, we can discuss how I'll, I will I'll text them to you your stuff. right now. So, um, Lucas Oil Stadium for the the uninformed. That's where the uh, Indianapolis Colts play. Um, I had a conversation on uh, Instagram with a content creator who was a Titans fan who was there and was who and who was simultaneously really excited and also like boo this is the cult because they're in the same division they don't like each other i know you don't necessarily know all that um i'm um, sorry if it's not played on ice i get it um occasionally in the winter football is played on snow um but not in lucas oil stadium because it's a well it's It's not really a dome because it's It's like it's got like a, a steepled roof um, because they do everything. It kind of looks like a factory. Yeah. 
it's it really does. interesting. It really does fit in with the whole Indianapolis aesthetic. And that was done 100% on purpose. But anyway, this is not Lucas Oil Stadium cast. This is Engage, a family gaming podcast. So my understanding is you went to the Gen Con as not press. Not press. Your first convention in probably ever. Maybe not ever, but in a long time. It's been a while. Not with a media badge. Yeah, it was, it was, was different. How was it being a plebe? I wasn't. <laughs> Gen Con's really interesting, though, because, like, even if you're press, you're still, because the impression that I got is you still got to, like, use your generic tickets to, like, book time if you don't end up booking time with PR or whatever. So it was great, though. It was super great. I ended up making some industry contacts while I was there because it's me and I'm never not working. So I did a little. Yep. I came back with a bunch of games from Renegade because I went and I introduced myself to their new PR person and I'm just like, sup? And she's like, I know you. So that was different. Cool. But yeah, it was really great. The people, oh my goodness, the people at Gen Con were probably the nicest people I've ever met at a convention, possibly ever. Meaning like fans, employees, like everybody. all of the above? Literally everybody was so mm -hmm. nice and so helpful. So if you like bonked into someone by accident it was a whole lot of very canadian oh i'm so sorry like you know i'm so sorry for for bumping into you are you okay and like oh, i'm sorry about that and please excuse me and just like impeccable manners whereas if Which, that was course, an e3 you would have been stabbed or i would have punched a dude i mean, I mean or that because <laughs> i would have been really tired and hungry so yeah. thankfully yeah. i was neither well i was tired but i wasn't like You're definitely angry. tired um, i was definitely tired so but it was beautiful. Like everyone was so nice. The cosplay was super cool. Um, you, I really like the I, Indiana Convention Center too. The, the one thing that's one thing that I noticed a lot this year because I was I was following what the goings on there because I was just wanting to be able to connect with you on it on some level. So I was following it. I did not know people cosplayed there. I didn't know that either until I went, but yeah, cosplay is a big, it's a big part of it, apparently. I mean... And this year was the 50th Gen Con. Which is, which is a lot of Five Gen Cons. Zero. Well... That's and, so many Gen Cons. And that's a testament to the fact that board games have been around a very, very long time. But sure. the, I, I actually watched a video last year after last Gen Con uh, that was like kind of about the history of Gen Con. I thought it was really fascinating about... The Gen Con is a testament, and I think it's interesting that Gen Con, considering that idea, th this idea, and follow, this is a walk, so just follow me, the idea that Gen Con and Evo took place on the same weekend, and both of them started as more or less garbage that happened in a garage, right? That's fair. Like, yep. all of them were super small, nobody really went to them, like, Evo started with, like, 40 locals at like a random place in SoCal or something, right? And then it turned into renting out and selling out the Mandalay Bay arena, right? Unbelievable. Um, and like, you know, that that's insanity. Um, and Gen Con, which started out as a scrappy little a, convention, a scrappy little convention that was for like super hobbyist games. Um, has grown to be a big enough <laughs> entity that when they threatened to leave Indianapolis because of the Indiana governor's yep. shenanigans, 
they in they helped make real political change because it's Gen Con and also big enough to have their overflow crap on the field where the Colts play in August, which by the way is training camp. So like that's bananas to me that like and I think it's really interesting that both of those events happened this year at the same time. 50th Gen Con, 20 I think it's the 20th Evo, 20th or 25th one of those like it was a significant anniversary for yeah. both of those super interesting just goes to show um if you want to make a convention or do a thing do a thing yeah always do that th- always do, do the thing always do the thing so you had your first convention as a fan in a while you went nice. with uh your spouse i yes? did i went with my husband and it was his idea right it was yeah he was he was originally going to take mike and they were going to go on like a brocation but Mike's been hella busy, so he's like, that's going to be a lot of extra stress on me, and I just, you know, I just don't think I can handle it right now. So I'm like, well, I'll go. Yeah, I mean, you, me. Put you, me in, coach. You jumped right on that one. Hey, I sure, sure I'll go play did. some board games. And some board games you played, um, I asked you for a few games that you played, and you happened to just start typing. And by the way, you are a very skilled typist, and you typed for a while and gave me a bunch of names. So... First, I want to talk about some of the announcements that happened. Yes. And then we can talk about some of the games that you played. Um, so we're kind of going to reverse. We're going to do the, uh, the the impressions thing last. And then we'll start Sounds with the news. Great. First, um, I think it's possible that the board game universe has Marvel fever. Um, and I think that's because Seriously. Endgame made like a good trillion dollars. And so everybody's like, all a right. A trillion? <laughs> Like, this just made, like, a Googleplex of money, and they're like, oh, okay. People <laughs> like superheroes. Oh, yeah. Let's buy the Marvel license. Let's do it. And so they did three so Marvel announcements. So um, and two of them by Fantasy Flight, right? Yes. So yes. one is Marvel Champions, a living yep. card game, a la all of Fantasy Flight's living card games. Big difference is this one is cooperative, whereas the other ones are competitive. Um, it's very cool. Uh, which is awesome. Um, Vision is on the cover, dude. Hello. Vision is on the cover. I showed Hello. it. I showed it to the general, and she was like, "We have. Are, you're going to buy a copy and not even open it, are you?" And I was like, "No. Yes. Yes, I am." Um. So, um, <laughs> guilty as charged. Um, so <laughs> But the fact that they're so because Vision being on the cover means there's probably Vision cards also. Um, which means I'm pretty hype about that. So, um, living card games, this is the, the cool thing about living card games from Fantasy Flight is you buy the box, the box is the cards you need. It's like the entire expansion. And then yep. they have plans to add superheroes and scenarios every yes. month. Yes. After a certain period of time. I don't know when it starts, but so, um, g- the good news is there's like a lot. Yeah. This is going to be a very big deal. Um, in order for them, in order for Fantasy Flight to do that and produce all those, they already have like the first year pretty much planned out. Yeah. So like, be ready for it. They ran Netrunner for what, like five, six years. They've been I doing so, the yeah. Game of Thrones card game forever. Um, this is a very big deal. So if you like Marvel, keep your and eye on Marvel Champions. Cool. Oh yeah. I didn't to play it because the line was horrendous, but it was really, really cool looking. So that's Marvel Champions, the card game. Um, also, Marvel Crisis Protocol, a miniatures war game because, of course, we needed that our Marvel superheroes. Super dope. 
Yes. I'm working, Evan. Evan is... I forgot to tell Evan about the Marvel... You were at Boy Scout camp when all this was announced. And you didn't tell me when you came to pick me up? Nope, I didn't because we were busy. Sorry. <coughs> um, Did I tell you about the Commander yeah. previews? No, I didn't. I'll, well, you're going to get... I'm spoiling everything for you, Evan. Because um, we're going to talk about Commander in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a Marvel, this is going to be so cool. The problem is the minis come unpainted, unassembled. So I'm, if I play this game, I'm going to have to have someone paint them for me. Mom. I mean, you could do it. My wife could probably do it. Um, I cannot because I am <laughs> terrible. Um, so that's Marvel Crisis Protocol, which just sounds cool. That's another one that's just going to live forever. Hopefully. I mean, they can hold on to the license. Yeah, I mean, if they can afford the license, I mean, the license will probably carry it. Um, sure, why not? Um, how about this one, though? This one came out of nowhere for me, but Marvel Splendor. That one, like, I don't understand it. I mean, Splendor is a great game. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. But I didn't even I didn't even see it on the showroom floor. I thought that you were going to talk about Sinister Six. There's a what? Oh, there's even more. I mean, because because Spin Masters has Wakanda Forever. There's and a Sinister Six Sinister. game. Yeah. Tell me about Sinister Six because I didn't even hear about that. I did play it and I ended up bringing it home. What? Okay, so, so is it about the Sinister Six? It is about the Sinister so Six. So it's like you and the boys. Is is there a is there a you and the boys? Like, is the meme represented at all in this game? No. You know what I'm really. talking about, though, right? I do. Not really. Can we re can we somehow use the components of this game to recreate that meme? I don't know. I haven't busted the game open yet. Oh, all right. But you played it. So I played how is it played? So Sinister Six is a really it's a really interesting game. So it's played um, by initiative. So you get these little these little tokens. You got to mm -hmm. flip them over and figure whoever has the lowest initiative they go first. Mm -hmm. And the what you need to do is you got to collect a bunch of loot. And not get your butt kicked by um, by any of the the spider folks. So Miles Morales is there, and Spider Man, and Spider Gwen. Yeah. And you know they actively prevent you from getting things like intelligence tokens and cash and whatever else. Like sometimes you even have to like give it back, or you have to give back your black market cards. Mm -hmm. It's it's a game that is both cooperative and competitive at the same time because you kind of got to screw over the rest of the villains in order to get the most cash or get the most okay. the most loot, right? So it's really it was a really interesting game. It played fairly quickly. Um, the decisions that you weren't making weren't all that significant. It's not a deep game by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. But it is fun. It's definitely, definitely fun. And I think it'll be really good for our kids. Awesome, and so you're you're obviously you're playing as the the various which yes, iteration of the Sinister Six is it? Is it like Rhino and Scorpion and Vulture and? It is. So it was Venom. Oh. And Sandman. Okay. And wait, Mike's whispering. Green Goblin. Elect was Electro in it? Yeah, Electro was in it. Ah uh, no, there's no Doc Ock. We didn't play it. But we didn't play with Doc Ock. And then there's also promos that we got at Gen Con. We got Hobgoblin. Sweet. Sweet. It sounds great to me. 
Um, it's really interesting. I, I thought it was fun. The mechanics are really easy to get the hang of. Kids are going to love it because it's it's simple. And the um, the gameplay moves fast. So there's awesome. not a lot of time between turns. So Marvel Splendor, which was yeah. obviously hidden away in a corner, although, frankly, yeah, considering the size like- of Gen Con... It could have had like a you know a booth the size of Square Enix and you might have still missed it because Gen Con yeah. huge. Um, here's what here's what I think happened. I think the people that make Splendor or someone was like, hmm, you know what these things could be these these like tokens. You know we can make them just Infinity Stones and then just put some Marvel art on the cards, balance it up a little bit, and boom, Marvel Splendor. I, I think that's really all it is because if you look at the if you look at any images on like Board Game Geek etc., it really is just. Splendor but repainted. It, it looks like to me, and I'm gonna buy this game. <laughs> so let's just. I, I'm I'm gonna sound Stop reductive and negative, but this game will be mine. Daddy must have it. Um, Marvel's. I mean, it looks like it looks like you or I got really excited, like after drinking one day, and just like photoshopped a bunch of stuff. And put stickers on the components and just made our own game. Perfect. I that sounds like exactly something that I would and do. Frankly, uh, if I can, I would much rather spend my gems to like recruit Moon Knight than to buy an emerald mine any day of the week. So um, yeah, so that's Marvel Splendor. So and and on top of that, Wakanda Forever, which is by Spin Master. I don't even know what that game is about, but it was a very. I don't big even deal. know what that game's about either. So. Uh, safe to say Marvel Fever just all over the board game world? Yeah, pretty much. It's crazy. Um, did you happen to stop by the Peaceable Kingdoms booth? I don't think so. You would have known because it was a bunch of games for toddlers. Probably not your super wheelhouse. Um, I'll introduce you to Elise. She's wonderful. That um, great. So the... Um, Okay, so that's Marvel Fever. It's crazy. We're probably going to end up being able to put together like a like a, a holiday list of just Marvel board games. Yes. Um, and they're probably going to include a bunch of stuff that we didn't even list because we couldn't find it. Because um, everything is insane. Um, another thing that was announced, uh, well, it wasn't announced, but it was officially released at Gen Con, was, the, uh, was Pathfinder 2.0. Um, so... We have- yeah, um, I'm sure you do. Um, so um, here's what Pathfinder is, folks. I'll give you the quick Cliff Notes version. Dungeons and Dragons is on its fifth edition. Around the third edition, when they put it out, uh, it was a little broken, so they made a 3.5. Yes, I know. A I say little a little broken. broken. I said little? a little broken, and Amanda basically just like she just did like three snaps in a Z, like right at me. Um, yes, a little broken. By a little broken, I mean they basically didn't play test it at all. And it was a mess. And a lot of players had some issues. So they fixed it, quote-unquote, with what was referred to as 3.5. Um, yep. And here's the thing. I'm not even joking. They literally said 3.5 on the box um, or on the book. And so around that time, uh, a company took those rules because it was an open gaming license. You could take those rules and kind of run with them and made Pathfinder, which is essentially 3.5 with changes that a specific fracture um, of the community wanted. Like a specific set really was hungry for 
um, a different, you know, for some some specific rules changes. So they did it, and they made Pathfinder. Um, that rule set has been living and breathing, and people have enjoyed it and been playing it since, I mean, ten years ish. Um, long time. Yeah. Um, they finally decided last year that they were going to put out 2.0, which is basically another edition of Pathfinder, which makes sense. You can eventually your books just get crazy. They need you need to kind of come back, find a base, which is exactly what Dungeons and Dragons did. I am sure they saw what Dungeons and Dragons did and went, "Oh, maybe we could maybe we could do this and get in on some of this new edition stuff." And so, um it was play tested. There was a lot of stuff going on, um and it people were generally happy with it and it came out at uh Gen Con. Uh how were the lines to pick up your book? Did you have to wait a long time? Uh well, see, the nice thing about being press is that we just got it sent to us. Oh, so, all right. so you didn't have didn't to wait have in line. To go wait did in you line, happen thankfully. to see long lines? I did, but the lines weren't long. They were they were long at the very beginning of the show yep. because that's usually when you got the Zerg rush, you know, folks getting in there to try to get their stuff. Because they just want to go get it, yep. go get it, get back out of the hall, go drop it back off at their hotel, and then enjoy the rest of their day. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely did that on Sunday. I like Zerg rushed the hall to try and go get unmatched. But For I those of you listening that don't know what that means, a Zerg rush is just Google it. Z e r g rush. It's a StarCraft res- reference. It is an OG. An OG StarCraft, Starcraft reference. Yeah, um, exactly. It is uh, simultaneously marking. Amanda and I as super nerds oh. also dating us. Oh. Um, also dating oh. us. Um, because StarCraft is what, like like thirty years old? Um, not really, but it's it's not that old, but still. I don't know why they're not making StarCraft three right now. Um, I'm sure they are, but anyway. Um, so that's Pathfinder. Um, this game, the general consensus is that it is positive. However, um, it doesn't appear from, I don't have the book. Um, I will at some point from what it, it really doesn't appear that Pathfinder 2.0 is super accessible to new players. What it feels like is D&D 5th edition was like, we're going to attract new players. And Pathfinder 2.0 said, we're going to entertain our current player base and poach experienced Dungeons and Dragons players, which, by the way, is what Pathfinder did in the first place. So, sounds cool to me. Um, they did release the character sheet like a week before, and it went around on Twitter and Instagram, and a lot of people had it made a lot of people feel a certain kind of way. Um, that character sheet was not good. Um, but whatever, character sheets are character sheets. You, you Don't learn worry them. about it. Sometimes, I mean, for the most part, character sheets are almost always terrible. It's really difficult to find a game that has a good character sheet. I think Shadowrun has a good character sheet. Character but that's Shadowrun, like, 4. Yeah. Shadowrun 4th or 5th edition had a good character sheet. Yeah. They haven't had a good character sheet since. Yeah, well, because character sheets are hard. Just like character user interface. It's like user interface design that never is allowed to move for yes. years. Um, yeah, exactly. So, so that's Let's Pathfinder. That was a big deal. Um, I am sure um, we will be talking about it. Um, uh, Pawn's Perspective, a uh, friend of the show, uh, has early impressions. Paizo oh. sent them a copy. They have early impressions right now. So if you head on over to pawnsperspective.com, you can take a look. Their big tabletop RPG guy, gave his, he didn't review it yet because obviously it's really hard to review tabletop RPG product quickly um, because, you know, tabletop RPGs 
books are very long, but he has his initial impressions. Um, other news and announcements before we get to the games that you played, because I'm very excited. Um, uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, went started spoiling stuff, and no, it was not Throne of Eldraine. I'm so angry at them for not spoiling more stuff about Throne of Eldraine yet. Um, I want to know more about the fairies. Um, Understandable. Who doesn't? Also, there's uh, Goldilocks is a card, and I want to know what she does. Um, we'll talk afterwards. There's a whole thing. Okay. It's all it's top down. Throne of Eldraine is top down design. King Arthur Grimm's fairy tales. So, top down design means, hey, we need to make the gingerbread man, and they make the gingerbread man. Oh, we need to make Goldilocks the person who killed the three bears and. Obviously, she doesn't in the story, but in this case, she does. Um, and we need to make her, and they make King Arthur, and they're going to make Merlin, and blah, 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 blah. Um, so that's very exciting. They haven't done that yet, but they did start spoiling uh, Commander 2019, which is their premium boxed product that's coming out later on this year. Commander is a format. We've talked about it briefly on the show before, and I will be uh, publishing some more stuff about it. Commander is a special format. You play with 100-card decks. Um, and these are pre-constructed 100-card decks um, that have some special rules because they're all cards. They're all built around legendary creatures. Um, these are complicated magic products because the cards all do weird stuff. Um, but it's fun watching them get spoiled because the art and the monsters and all that stuff are crazy. Also, yeah. they tend to reprint really old cards because they can. I like that. Um, so, uh, that like, plays into my personal nostalgia. Yes. Uh, they reprinted uh, Seedborn Muse, which has not been around since Onslaught Block, which oh, damn. Uh, is, at this point, nearly 15 years old. Old as heck. Old as heck. Also, still really powerful in a multiplayer format, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. So, um, they started spoiling it. They spoiled the four, because there's four decks. They spoiled the four commanders. Um, and some of the other legends, and then some of the cards. If you go to mtgnexus.com, which is the replacement for MTG Salvation, because that site is closed, you can see a visual spoiler. Um, some of the art's pretty cool. Some of the art's pretty cool. Seedborn Muse is literally the same art from a million years ago, and it's great. So, <laughs> so you played a bunch of board games. So many board games. So tell me about Letter Jam. Letter Jam was the ultimate hotness at okay. Gen Con this year. Wow, okay. It was unbelievable. That game flew off the shelves. So Letter Jam is a cooperative um, letter building game. Or it's a word building game. And you work together in order to help the people around the table guess the letters to the word that's in front of them. So you have, you're dealt out a bunch of, a bunch of cards and okay. you can use between four... I used six, because I wanted to make my husband's life difficult, apparently. Okay. Because um, I'm mean like that. But you're supposed to use between four and five cards to construct a, a word. You pull up one letter at a time, and you can't see yours. You have to guess that letter. Yeah. So what that means is, is that you look around the table at everybody else and you check out their words and you, or their, their letters and you're like, okay, so I can construct a four-letter a four word or a five-letter word or something 
with four humans, which means that you have a better chance of making sure that the people around the table get their letters. Mm -hmm. Because the more people that are successful at their, their letter guesses, the better it is for everybody at the table. So you go okay. around and you, you bid like that. You try to solve your your letters and you write them down on this you know this uh, this um, uh, this sheet of paper, and you start to puzzle out what the heck your word is. So you just write down all of your letters as you as you guess them, okay. and you write them out and then you have to unscramble them. And then at the end of the game, you can so if everybody else is still guessing, you can keep drawing letter cards. And you can keep guessing them and you can keep adding them to the pile so that if somebody else on at the table ends up having a like ends up not guessing the right letters, they can use the letters in the middle of the table to help construct a different word. Okay. So if you royally screw up your word, you still have a chance to salvage it. So this feels like like Scrabble Hanabi. Yes, in fact, yes, this it does. It's a lot like Hanabi, but it's less obnoxious because I don't like Hanabi. <laughs> Me either. Um, I, 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 in fact, Hanabi is one of. Uh, Hanabi, I don't like Hanabi. Hanabi and I don't get along. I think the issue for now, I think I might have liked it better if the first time I tried to have it played. Now you know me. You've known me for years. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the first time I should learn to play Hanabi should be in the free play room at PAX East? No, that's yeah. a terrible idea. Yeah, well, that's when I tried. To, that's when they tried to teach me, and I didn't understand it. No. I just didn't Hanabi understand. Hanabi is a weird game. It's a weird game anyway. But Letter Jam is a, is like Hanabi, but it's not because it, you're basically playing solitaire. Okay. For the most part, and but you're cooperating with everybody else around the table, so it's very, it's very much so like a Care Bear kind of game. So of course, it's entirely my aesthetic because I am very much so a Care Bear gamer. So I really enjoyed it. James and I had a great time playing it, but guess what? Didn't come home with us. Letter Jam. Letter Jam. Um, because they sold out. Because they sold out. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you gonna do? Off the shelves. There's nothing you can do. It's not. But it was great really really fun game took us about 45 minutes to play it mm -hmm. so relatively easy to pick up i don't think it's for younger players mm -hmm. i think that maybe like fifth or sixth grade so probably my my eldest son's age would yeah. be okay but i mean it's a word game vivi can't play it yeah it's a word game yeah word games are difficult to age down the um so yeah, I mean that that it is what it is. Um, the good news for you is CGE, um, they don't have a production problem, so no. I suspect that they will have more copies of that game yes. very soon. Yeah, they're um, usually they're always really good about their production because code names flies off the shelf, and they're just like, no problem, bro. Yeah, let's just. I mean, good news. They also have figured out that they don't make games with miniatures in them because they figured out that like it's easier to make games without miniatures. It's like, so uh, tell me about trash pandas. Cause I physically oh. have a copy of trash pandas. My it goodness. Is in shrink Cause we haven't, un we haven't done our unboxing video of it yet. Um, tell me about trash oh my pandas. Goodness. So I love trash pandas. <laughs> it has no business being as much fun as it is. Um, game okay. right does 
sushi go and mm-hmm. sushi roll and the forbidden desert forbidden island games and and what have you and go nuts for donuts so i mean yeah. like all of those really casual games and actually including the forbidden the forbidden games are all huge hits in this house like all the kids love playing those games so i sat down with trash pandas and i played it with james and i trounced him by the way i got 29 points to his seven wow. i had quite i had quite the stash I was a very, 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 very wily raccoon. You were a very, very wily raccoon. That is, uh, that's something. Mm-hmm. It's that's true. Something. So the whole aim of the game is it's a lot like Go Nuts for Donuts and a lot like um, Sushi Go, where like mm-hmm. you're trying to collect sets of different mm-hmm. kinds of cards. Um, so you go through and you roll a die and you collect these tokens that are on the die. So it's essentially like one through six, and you are choosing... So if you if you roll the die and you land on the same token that you already have, you end up busting for that turn. Okay. So it's a push-your-luck game as well. So you can go as many times as you want until you run out of tokens, which happened to me once, um, or until you bust. And if you bust, you lose everything. So you have to make wise decisions about when you are going to draw cards, when you're going to bank those cards in your stash, you know, if you're going to steal from your opponent. Uh, There are defensive cards in Trash Pandas. Uh, There is the Kite and the Doggo. Of course there are. Yes. Uh, And so the things that you can put in your stash are things like Nanners and Mpies. Because this and, game is called Trash Pandas, guys. Yes. So, yes. the so memes are strong with this game. The memes are incredibly strong. What else did they have? They had, um, oh shoot, what did they call chocolate bars? Oh, yum yums. Chocolate bars are yum yums. And sodas right. were called like blamos or something like that. It was really, really cute. So it was, like, it's a fast-paced game. It moves really quickly. I think it would move even more quickly if we had more people. Sure. But, oh my goodness, it's so cute and so fun. And the kids are already playing it and loving it. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. I want to play more Trash Pandas. I mean, well, the good news is you have it. So you can do that thing. So, <clears throat> so that's Trash Pandas. I'm excited. Yep. We have a copy of that. And we'll You're going to love it. It's so, so much fun. Um... Yeah, pretty stoked. Uh, we will be. Uh, I, we have to do our unboxing soon, uh, but I promised Game Right that we would do them all at once. They sent oh, us damn. a rather large box, so it's intimidating. Um, but we can do it. We can do it. Uh, we'll make the sacrifice. Tell me about this game called The Color Monster because I've literally never heard about it. So the Color Monster, and I'm I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna show Steve my picture of the Color Monster because it's right here. This is the Color Monster. So the color monster is Wait, by. Wait, can you show me again? Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Forgive me, everybody. So this is a... bad radio, but. It's no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. So this is made by, uh, but made by Devere Games, okay. and they're based out of Seattle. And the color monster is a game for for children, and it's trying to teach them how to put language around their feelings. So you start okay. off at the beginning of the game with a girl and her monster, and the girl and her monster hang out on happiness. And was it happiness? Might have been happiness. I'm not sure. They hang out on like a relatively neutral emotion. And you move the monster around the board. You roll a die and you move the monster around the board however many times. When you land on an emotion, 
you, you know, you are asked the question, what makes you feel whatever emotion that is? So there was anger, there was sadness, there was calm, Mm -hmm. there was happiness, and there was fear. Okay. So... The first one I think I landed on was oh no one of them was love it wasn't it wasn't happiness it was love um was it love no it was happiness the the neutral one was love that's what it was because everyone starts off loved that's okay. what they really want it to be about is like no no you start off love your monster and you you know you you and your monster are both loved so you roll around the board like that and you're collecting your emotions okay. and so you get these little tokens and you insert these tokens into these potion bottles. And you flip the potion bottle around, and if your emotion matches the color on the potion bottle, you know, you're one step closer to finishing the game. Okay. There are also mixed emotion bottles, so if you get three of those, you have to start the whole game over. And so if you roll the girl, so the girl, okay. she removes all of the mixed emotions. So those just get flipped back over. So part of it is getting kids to explain what's going on with their feelings. Part of it is you are pulling together a match game for young children. So like this is the kind of game that you would play with a four-year-old or a five-year-old trying to get them to, to talk about their feelings in a productive capacity. I would It would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if I started seeing this game in uh, child psychologist offices. It's, it's that interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was it was it was a fun experience. Like I I really liked it for how accessible and how cute it was. It looks like I mean it looks like a little kid drew this. Right? Okay. Like how cute is that? So, yeah, I really I really liked I really liked Color Monster. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I really emotional intelligence and like being is a big thing. Yes. <laughs> um and it's kind of important. Um, and I really appreciated, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's, you know, a handful of children's programs that like really kind of focus on that. I think like Nihao Kai Lan did that. Um, Daniel Tiger does that a little bit. Um, but I think, you know, let's come at it. And I know Sesame Street touches on it, but you know, a lot of kids can't see that. I think having it in game form, I mean, there's countless children's books about it too, but I think, um, coming at it in game form is um i mean it's certainly helpful just one more vector um to kind of deliver some of this information and it sounds pretty cool and man do we have a problem with uh kids slash adults not knowing how to express their emotions in a healthy way so it's really important so what i what i loved about the game other than the aesthetic and how accessible it was it's that this could have a real positive impact on sure. people's lives and the young man that we were playing with um, that was demoing the game for us was saying look this this game makes me feel like I'm not alone and it makes me feel like you know my emotion my cl- my like my color monster is going to be whole and and whatever and it he was just he was such just such a nice young man like I just I just wanted to squish him uh, fun very, fact, very... and I, maybe you said this, and I'm and I'm spacing. You know, this is based on it. There's a hardcover pop-up book. I did not know that. If you go onto the Amazons, um, literally that cover art for the game that you just showed me is the cover of uh, the pop-up book of feelings. Oh. Um, and it looks like so. The book is by Anna. Uh, Yanis. L L E N A S. 
Okay. Um, and there is a pop-up book, and then there is just a regular storybook about color this is monsters. wonderful. That's um, lovely. Uh, so if you don't want to play the games, Here knock it out. Books. It's also available on Kindle. Um, That's great. Like so, it. color monster. I'm down. That sounds great to me. I'll Emotional be honest with you. Is important. When you added it to the list, I was like, "Eh, this could be super weird." And now I'm I'm rather happy that I uh, that serendipity led me to uh, choose that one. Now let's talk about Tiny Towns because this is a game that is like kind of blowing up the universe. Yes, it is. I actually ended up playing it with the designer. You did. He's really nice. Pete's nice. I like Pete. I have not met him. I met the PR guy from AEG at Toy Fair, and he told me uh, all Todd's about really it. Cool. Yeah. Um, and he told me to email him for my copy, and I haven't done it yet. So I should probably do that. Probably do that. Todd's a good dude. Oh, I'm sure Definitely he's a great to. dude. He's a great dude. I just haven't emailed him yet because I. What because I don't want to do is be like, hey, give me stuff. I'll write yeah. a review for it in nine months. Like, Understood. That would have been bad form. I don't want to make Todd bit. mad. Oh, I'm um, sure he wouldn't be. He's oh, a really nice not. guy. But... Um, so, so, Tiny yeah, Towns, Tiny you Towns. played it, and you liked it. I did. I did, yeah. I I think I would like it a lot better after a few more times of, of actually sitting down and getting get it, like grasping the, uh, the strategy sure. a little better. Yeah. It's challenging, man. Like, it's such a hard game. Mm -hmm. I sat down and I started pulling together these patterns. So what you have to do is you're pulling together your town. Mm -hmm. And you are trying to build specific buildings based on the cards that are on the table. Mm -hmm. So specific colors in specific combinations help build specific buildings. And depending on what kind of buildings you're building... You know, how many cottages you have. You have to feed everybody at the end of the day. That's how you get your 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 points for the cottages. Yeah. And it's complicated yep. because there's not a, heck, a whole heck of a lot of space there. So if somebody is calling out, you know, uh, brick or water or stone or whatever, and mm -hmm. what you really need was you needed that wood or something. Um you know, you're screwed. You still have to put down the darn, the darn, uh, token on your, on your board, on your personal board, on your personal sheet. So you're kind of screwed. A little bit. I mean, it's one of those, it's one of those games. Cause I've watched some YouTube videos of live plays of the game to try and it's one of those games. It definitely looks like it doesn't take a lot of skill to just kind of throw stuff down on the board. But you really have to grok it. No, um, you got to get it. It's got to be in your bones. And you have to have exceptional spatial awareness. I have good spatial awareness. But who knew that that spatial awareness did not translate to a teeny tiny little board? I, I would never have predicted that. Um, I wouldn't have predicted that either. Who knew? I, I am terrible at games. So I have a feeling even <laughs> if I do understand Tiny Towns, I will be bad at it. But that's okay. That's okay. Um, it's still fun. I generally lose. I I find joy in losing because that means someone else is winning. Oh, um, bless that. It's, it's uh, you know, it's it, 
But I, that's the that's the way I've taught myself to enjoy games because I I don't win, um, so I I take joy. So so those are some of the games we played. We're going to be talking about the games from Gen Con probably for until the end of the year. So uh, we do have another question of the week from our Ooh, community, yeah. which these questions can be sent to us on our Facebook page at engagefamilygaming.com slash Facebook or facebook.com slash engagefamilygaming. I know we have a hard out soon, so I'm skipping right we to the I'm get right to the point. Amanda, yes. what Nintendo game or Nintendo franchise do you want to see made into a board game? Hmm. Ooh, The Secret of Mana. That's not a Nintendo franchise. But it's the game I played on the Nintendo. Does that count? Sure. Um, you know what? There are no cops. There's no cops there here. There are no cops. That cop. makes my choice easier because I mean because I wasn't going to pick that one. So go ahead. So you want a Secret of Mana game? So you want like I dudes do, on a map? That's where I. That's where I play. Yes, I want to play more dudes on a map. That's what Mezzo was. So I want dudes on a map. You want dudes, dudes on, on a map. board? Yeah, dudes on a board is awesome. Those games are rad. I really, really enjoy grand strategy games in general, mm-hmm. but having them on a smaller scale, oh man, it's good stuff. Sure. I think I would like that um, because I think that the, in order to be in the true spirit of Secret of Mana, it would have to be a three-player cooperative game. Yes, of where course. The AI, where there's like an AI where you're like drawing, dealing cards or whatever that controls the monsters <gasps> or whatever. It's an app-enabled game. Or an app. Well, I mean, I think that might be a little much. But sure. Excuse you. But you I can love do my it. app-enabled games. But you can do games where the AI is run by like a deck no, of cards. Yeah, like, it's true. A la Sentinels of the Multiverse and things like that. So, okay. So, Secret sure. of Mana, I'll, I will allow it because there are no You'll police. allow it. Because there are no police. They said, um, the, the no question cops. did just say Nintendo game. Secret of Mana it was, is in fact, a Nintendo, Nintendo game. game. Um, well, I'm, I, what if I decided to get really specific and be like, the remake on PS4 doesn't count? I'm not going to do that because there are no cops. Um, I want... <laughs> um, this is what I want. I do want it. a deck-building game where I'm building a city a la, like, Machi Koro type thing, but I want it to be all Animal Crossing characters. Awesome. Um, that could be rad. I want the Animal Crossing characters to be, like, just a, an array of dudes that are in the middle of the table. And so I'm going to start with my little town and I'm going to buy things. And then as my town gets fancy at the end of my turn, I can attract villagers to it. A la splendor. That's kind of where I'm getting. Very interesting. Um, and then like, you know, interesting mechanics. That's And I think maybe they have some superpowers. Maybe some of them do, maybe some of them don't, but obviously they will be worth victory points. You know, Isabel is worth more than, like, the stupid otter. Um, Isabel is worth everything. Yep, Isabel's pretty awesome. Um, Isabel is great. Don't Tom Google Dick is worth Isabel. negative points. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Or, or KK Don't Sly. tell Mac Piscatella. Don't tell him. Don't tell him about what? That I don't like Tom Nook. <laughs> oh, yeah, he gets real... Matt he gets real upset. <laughs> Go figure, the bean counter gets upset about the bean counter. Aww. Um, I, lo- I, I like Matt Piscatella. Um, Matt Piscatella, for those of you who are like, why are they name dropping? Hashtag rude. Uh, Matt Piscatella works for NPD. Um, he's an analyst. A, he's an analyst, so literally he is a bean counter. I should ask him to come on the show someday. Maybe he will. I think you should. That would be um, really fun. Matt after episode I 200, I'm, my goal is, 
after episode 200, and I'm comfortable saying this now because we're getting very close. After episode 200, my goal is to try and get a guest on every week and have it be an un... and to see how long we can get the streak to go. But also, I want to see how bananas I can get for guests. I already have several lined up um, that just need to be slotted in. So, um, and you help because I can be like, hey, you, you know this woman. It's true. So you can yes. come be on a podcast with me. She at least can vouch for me. I'm not crazy. Um, you are not. So, folks. You're a very good dude. This has been episode 192 of Engage a Family Gaming Podcast. We talked about board games today. Specifically, we talked about Gen Con, Marvel taking over the board game universe because, of course, it is. Um, and, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording. We're going to be back next week to talk about board – or not board games, to talk about video games. Video Lord games. knows plenty of video game stuff that we'll be able to talk about. I suspect we will be talking about um, maybe the difference between Steam and the Epic Game Store. Um, we'll probably be talking about Mixer a little bit more because Mixer's throwing money around like crazy people. <laughs> Lots of dollars um, to get a certain blue-haired wonder. He has blue hair, right? He has blue hair. I think he changed it. What hair? What color hair is Ninja? He got blue hair now, right? Um, half blue, half pink. Oh, he's got cotton oh, candy. Oh, it's the half pink. That's um, right. So certain Ninja, someone, many, many, many dollars. He can he can comfortably buy a five dollar foot long with no problem. Um, and um, yeah, and plenty more video games coming up. Um, also, you're going to Playcrafting, which is a small internet or a small gaming convention that you're probably going to find some really good stuff because I know you love you some indies. I am so I'm all about indies. They're and we're probably going to have to talk about your plans for PAX West. Yes. So that's next week. I just basically oh, pre-wrote the patch note or pre-wrote the not the patch notes, pre-wrote the show notes. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. But until next time, folks, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see y'all soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next.